Welcome to Artists of New England. This is a podcast created to inspire you on your journey of artistic expression. Whether you are a career artist, a teacher, an emerging artist, or hobbyist, you can learn and gain support from your peers. We will explore the symbiotic relationship between these groups, lending insight and empathy towards each other. We will discover the where, when, why, and how of the creative process of artists living and working in New England, with occasional bonus interviews with gallery owners, collectors of fine art, and art historians. Perhaps today's show will bring you the aha moment you've been waiting for. Welcome to Artists of New England. My name is Laura Kessnari-King, and today I have Dennis Poirier with me from North Berwick, Maine. He is a Cape Ann uh, painter, impressionist painter. So, Dennis, welcome to the show. How's it going? Good. We have a lot of great questions for you, and I All right. I know you're full so, of stories. Yeah, you want to know. I want to first know how you became how a I New England. How I wound up in New England, right. Yeah. I was born in California. Oh, okay. And when I was four, my parents moved me back to Gloucester, where my mother was from. Okay. Best thing ever could have happened. Yeah. Best thing ever could have happened because, you know, I grew up in Gloucester. So, uh, yeah, fishing beautiful. boats, best artists, the colony of artists that I was come into. That's yeah. who I am. That's why I am. And my dad, absolutely the biggest influence on me. I can remember being a kid in Ipswich and he used to draw me. Oh, wow. Sitting me in a chair. Yeah. And he'd say, You want to mess with the charcoal? Or the needed eraser, I didn't even know what it was. I just thought it was like Play-Doh or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he let me do that. And so you know, early uh, start. That's why I'm doing it for my grandson. Mm-hmm. He wants to play. Mm-hmm. I say, take that marker and make whatever mark you want. Because mm-hmm. it's your mark. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's about. So, yeah. yeah, my dad, absolutely the biggest influence on me ever. You know, and... So I drew for many years, and then when it came time to paint, my mother goes, well, there's one guy in town you need to go talk to, and that's Don Stone. Oh, all right. So <laughs> one guy I in think town. I was like, you were in the right town. <laughs> I was like 20. Of course I was. Like I said, growing up in Gloucester, you know, when all the kids were skipping out at Catholic school, because I, <laughs> yeah. I had the Sisters of Mercy. <laughs> oh. See? You needed some of that. I but guess. they had no mercy. Okay. <laughs> the Catholic school. Uh so I used to cut out, and you weren't supposed to leave the ground oh. for recess. And all my friends wanted to go downtown and, like, steal cigarettes or yeah. whatever. Yeah. I just wanted to go watch fishing boats. Oh, yeah. I didn't know I was going to be a painter, but I used wow. to like watching them pull the fish up in the buckets mm-hmm. and the color and the excitement. Yeah. So you weren't there like, oh, I want to be a fisherman. You no. were just drawn no, to I the wasn't. beauty my, of it. But my grandfather was a fisherman. Mm-hmm. Uncles were fishermen. My mm-hmm. grandfather lost three fingers on his hand oh, boy. because the boat came too close in the fog, took it off. And every time I looked at him, yeah. I'd be like, just, I used to get chills. I'd mm-hmm. look at his hand. He'd be yeah. reading the newspaper and I'd be like, yeah. wow, because yeah. I know how that happened. Wow. That's like how I would pile stuff and see why it's, you know, it's like, that's real life. Yeah. Right. So, you know, family, big thing. You know, I grew up with uh, Sicilians on my mom's side, and they were the biggest influence because I lived in Gloucester and saw Sicilian relatives down there. So yeah. a lot of Italian heritage and upbringing, and many of my best artist friends were Italians. Mm-hmm. Charles Movali, John Caggiano, still alive. Uh, most of the ones that are gone, Salvatore Fortunato Grasso, uh, Joe Santoro. Yeah. These guys were 
huge influences and they were so kind to me. And wow. I was in New York, Joe Santoro used to write me letters when wow. I was going to school in New York and ask me how I was doing. Wow. He never had to do that. He was in the 70s. Yeah. That's but we, that's how they treated you. Yeah. Yeah. If you were from there, you were. And I'm still from there. Family. I'm still from there. Sure. Go down and ask anyone. Yeah. So you studied in New York? Is that what you. Yeah, I started out. Further? Well, the story goes with Don Stone. See, I was like 20. My mom goes, go knock on his door. So I did, but he wasn't Smart teaching. Mom. He wasn't teaching, but he really liked my mom. They were classmates. I mm-hmm. graduated high school. Yet. So she, he goes, well, I just finished teaching this guy, John C. Terrellac. That was my first real teacher. Because I'd gone to school in Boston after art school. Also, I should mention Frank Petronzo, another Italian. My high school <laughs> art teacher. I want to just say that he was a huge influence. Yeah. My first oil painting, copied the cover of Sports Illustrated, Bob York. 1970, wow. Wow. sophomore in high school. Yeah. And Frank taught me out. So cool. where you are, wherever you are, Frank, because I know you're up there. <laughs> They're all gone, all these people. Yeah. So, you know. so I went to Don. Wow. He, he set me up with John Tarolak. I studied with John Tarolak. That was my first uh, real working in an artist studio experience, going to be there. Not like art school where, you know, you paid for your tuition and you were in with a bunch of people. This was just me yeah. and this girl, Charlotte Lawson, another great painter. And we went to his studio and Sal was there. So Sal was working in acrylic. I got mm-hmm. to see him work and I was terrific. I was mm-hmm. like 23, 24. When he started the Gloucester Academy of Fine Arts, I was the first student. Charlotte moved to New York. Wow. When Charlotte came back from New York, she told me about David LaFell. Yeah. And I said, I need to meet this David. So he did a portrait demo, and I was taken by it because nobody was doing a portrait. These guys were landscape painters, mostly. Okay. Cape Man painters, landscape, learned to paint outdoors, all great education, but I wanted also portrait. And if I was going to be a sports illustrator, which was my thing, mm-hmm. I was 16 and 17, I did drawings in a paper, Yeah. and I wanted to be a sports illustrator. Mm-hmm. Later when I found out how much greed and... You know, you have to deal with, with logos, licensing, lawyers, agents. I didn't want to do that anymore. But I did it for a while, and I wanted to do it. Mm. And did Celtics paintings in 91. Yeah. They're in the sports museum in Cambridge. Wow. That's and awesome. I got Larry Bird. Because you're Larry Bird. Yeah, yeah. Signature. <laughs> yeah. Everything. So that was fun. Big canvas for that guy. Yeah, I painted uh, probably 32 by 20. Wow. And then... I had some guy play with the paces, but I changed it out to Magic Johnson later. <laughs> and then Larry didn't get it. That's a long story. That guy was corrupt. That's another story. It take too long. Trust me. So tell me, you, anyway, you studied in New York yep, for a while. I went you... to New York in 1978. Okay. Changed my life because um, this punk rock was going on down there. Ah, tell the <laughs> so real story. Now we're getting story. into it. The okay. real story is yeah, these I, I discovered the Ramones and all the punk rock stuff in okay. New York. It changed the way I thought uh, because I thought that their heightened creativity and the fact that they took risks and always took chances was something I wanted to do with my art. And the artists that I knew, not everybody embraced punk, but a lot of them did because, you know, they came from the Velvet Underground thing or the Bowie thing. And, you know, so when Ramon said it was like, OK, this is really new, fresh. Mm-hmm. Beat the hell out of Studio 54 and Disco, which I hated with a passion. <laughs> and the girl I was with at the time didn't want to go there. She goes, oh, the punks are scary. I go, so what? 
It's better than going to Studio 54. Anyway, the experience of New York in total, not just the punk, but the museums, mm. going to the Met, going to the Frick, seeing Vermeer's when the Monet show came, mm-hmm. being first in line. That was the origin of the blockbuster shows, some of those big blockbuster shows, yeah. which, to be honest with you, I don't like them because you can't even see the painting. So many people right. go, right. and some of the people there don't even care about yeah. getting close to the paintings. Yeah. You have to wait till that all yeah. calms down and then go see the work. But yeah. still, um, and studying with David and Sherry McGraw was my classmate. And now David and Sherry have been together for many years, and uh, Sherry's terrific painter, mm-hmm. and David too. So that philosophy that I got there balances out what I got from Cape Ann School, mm-hmm. Ted Gershner, John Tarolak, Don Stone, that lineage, which is huge influence on me, obviously. Uh, Don Stone became my adopted father when my real father died. Mm-hmm. He was honored to do it, and I was that close to him. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, Caleb's still like a brother to me. We're good friends. You know? And like I say, I'm from there. Mm-hmm. And people down there know that, you know. Um, my godfather just died a little while ago. I was down in painting, and uh, all kinds of history just flash right in front of me. You know, like painting on a spot where I fished with him, mm-hmm. and uh, then I went to see him, and the painting that I did it gave to my heart. You know, it's the last time I saw him alive. So that kind of stuff hits you when you mm-hmm. get older, and then you realize, wow, my mom's people are all gone. But that's where I'm from. Yeah. So, so how does how does all that influence your um, painting and how huge, you change? Huge. Uh, it's like you get older and you put it all together. Mm-hmm. You put it all together. The stuff that I got from living and experiencing in New York, together with what I do here in Maine, you know, and my life here in Maine is huge. I mean, I love it up here. Parts of New England, all of New England. Like, my brother moved to Colorado. I went out there once, and my mom was still alive. I went out there with mm-hmm. him, and me and my mom are going, but where's the ocean? <laughs> and where's your fresh fish? You can't get fresh fish. And my brother right. knows they it because he it. comes here, and what's he do? Every single day of his vacation, he's on the beach, he's mm-hmm. eating fish. He's <laughs> like, yeah. he's got to yeah. get the fix. Yeah. And I said, "That's you can have your skiing and your mountain biking out there. I could ski here if I wanted to. I can mountain bike here. Just did the other day. Yeah. Uh, and you know, the mountains are great, but White Mountains are good enough for me. You know, <laughs> so I need the ocean. I, I yeah, I, ocean. I'm with you on I that. I grew up on it. I spent 20 years in Ohio, and that was I can't get away with Can't do it. So, um, tell us a bit about um, how you choose subjects to paint. Do you paint uh, always from they always from real life? As much as possible, but due to the fact that I have been painting from life for so long. I have now become accustomed to using my memory. And the mm-hmm. photographic reference to me is like not that important. Mm-hmm. Unless like this portrait of Dio I'm doing is uh, from reference because I don't have a choice. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he's gone, he's not gonna sit for me. Even if he was alive, it wouldn't. Mm-hmm. But uh that's that's or or when I did the sports stuff, I had to learn to deal with the shortcomings of photography which I have a problem with many of the students that I teach don't understand that yeah. foreshortening in photography, the lies that photography yeah. does in yeah. the value range, 
It's ridiculous. So you, you teach your students to... I try to tell them to, to work from life from as life. much as possible. So I'm glad Todd has me doing like the outdoor classes that I do, and I do them on my own too. And mm-hmm. I recommend that they... My new thing is my studio. So my studio now gives me a chance to set up still lifes, mm-hmm. uh, work from life, and work on my landscapes that I do outside under true north light yeah. so that my color is accurate. It's just right. it's changed my life. I haven't had a north light studio for 20 years. Didn't and realize how much I missed it. Yeah, and you're so, teaching portrait. Teaching portrait. Uh, well. Yeah, I will get into anatomy and figure drawing if people... Uh, need to do it, uh, we'll certainly be able to do it up there. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is in your studios in, in Northboro, yep. Maine. Okay. And, totally and, and how can the listeners the find information about classes? On the website or just request drop-in you know, when With, the class is going and, on. Okay, what's your website? Uh, DennisPortiStudio.com. Okay. And I'll, easy to find I'll list me. that on the show notes you as well. just type so my name and it just shows right up. You okay, know. great. I've had that website for over like 30 years now, I think. Yeah. So. so what's your wow factor when you're painting and you're like, when it's done and you're like, wow, uh, it's done. I never think they're done. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I never think they're done because. So are you messing with them for days on end or? Until they're bought, yeah. Until they're out of my possession, until okay. they're gone, they're probably not finished. Wow. Because they just always see something that can be changed. Doesn't wow. matter how big they are either. Wow. It could be a little thing like this that I'm still spending time on yeah. because it just doesn't. I just painted over a portrait that it could have Hadley said to me, Why did you paint over that portrait? It was a great portrait of you. Oh, no. But it didn't <laughs> make it for me. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to sacrifice. Yeah. Tell us for a quick second who Dio is and what Dio was show. born in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And there's nothing here to say that he was born in Portland. Well, who is he and what does he do? He was one of the greatest singers in the history of rock. Not just metal, but rock. Okay. He started out as a doo-wop singer in the 1950s. He was born in Portsmouth and there's no plaque. There's nothing here. Wow. So I said to myself, I need to paint this guy. Okay. And then I realized how much he looked like my family, like my Uncle Danny, who died last year. And I started to do the portrait. And... um. I found out that the only place there is a statue of him is in Bulgaria, because I was just discussing with John here. Bulgaria and Europe has higher esteem for metal oh, and performance in sure. metal. Yeah. In this country, there are plenty of people that love metal and metalheads, but yeah. it doesn't get the publicity because hip hop and rap and all that junk gets that, you know, and pop yes. and mainstream. What the what the this culture tries to feed down your throat, which I've always been against. That's why I listen to what I listen to. Okay. So, um, so when you're way. painting, you know, you, we'll, yep. we'll stop there. <laughs> <laughs> when, um, when you're painting your, your Gloucester scenes, your boat scenes, yeah. is that all from memory? It can be now because it's uh, obviously a rich memory. But I go there. I have a friend there. Family you do there. still go down there oh, yeah, absolutely. plenty of paint. Absolutely, okay. because uh, but here's the problem. It's not the Gloucester that I grew up with. Fishing okay. boats are gone. Yeah. My gloss is up here. Yeah. And so if I go and look up all historical photo of Gloucester in the sixties or seventies, mm-hmm. that clicks with me a lot more. Okay. I go down there now. There's big tankers and uh, from Norway and there's no fishing draggers left. Yeah. There's lobster boats. 
mm. which I still feel a closeness to because I fished with my uncle on a lobster boat. Mm. He just passed away. And, uh, you know, and this, the, let's face it, the landscape has not changed. It's beautiful. Sure. Paint factory, uh, Hammond Castle, Magnolia, Manchester, Rockport, it's still beautiful. Mm. But it's not my home anymore. Yeah. And there's that, when I go over that bridge, there's an empty feeling inside because my parents. Mm. Yeah. yeah. But mm. still, I have affiliations with North Shore and Rockport, and I still mm-hmm. show down there. So, so um, do you paint up here on the shore of New Hampshire? Yeah. And uh, what I'm trying to do now is like uh, with Maine and New Hampshire scenes, show them down there and show them. I mean, a lot of those guys yeah. travel all over Vermont and New Hampshire yeah. too. Yeah. Because we all pretty much do the same circuit. Right. They go to Vermont and paint winter scenes, which I've done. Don't need to do it. I have so much in <laughs> North Berwick that looks like Why Vermont. freeze? Why yeah. do I have to go to Vermont? I yeah. go to Cape Porpoise or Kenny Bunkport. Mm-hmm. I found a spot mm-hmm. off of Wells, Route 9, mm-hmm. with these marshes this winter. Mm-hmm. I went out there, mm-hmm. painted in the freezing cold. Yeah. So if, if our listeners don't have your Instagram, they should get it. I will say that because it's fascinating how prolific you are. You paint so fast and so, so many things. Well, because a lot of like small studies lead sometimes to larger ones. And I can do four or five small studies and they do sell in galleries, but they're not really, they're just studies to me. They're color studies. I'm working things out, you know, mm-hmm. but occasionally a small one works out and I say, oh, let's make a big one. Mm-hmm. This is the way I was trained. Okay. Uh, you know, when this whole daily painter thing happened, yeah. you know, I, I'm not a trendy type of person. Yeah. Like this whole planer thing. Yeah. Bugs me. No. Because I've been okay, doing bye. it all my life. I've been, oh. I've, we just call it painting outside. Outside, yeah. You know, go outside. Gotcha. This whole French thing, whatever. <laughs> and I'm French. But, you know, it's just these trends. I'm tired. Yeah. I'm tired yeah. of it. Then they, they become these big monumental, like, oh, we're going to have this big blowout planer thing. I did it. I burned out on that circuit. Really. I did the Copley Fresh paint. I went to Wellesley. Enough. Yeah. Same with demos. I used to travel up and down 128 doing demos. Enough. Burned out. I'll stay local and do it. Yeah. Fun. So so where are the galleries that people could find you? Uh, right Gallery, Cape Porpoise, Todd Benita right here, Portsmouth, mm-hmm. and of course Perkins Cove. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've lost a couple of galleries uh in the last year or so that went under and just closed the doors. Mm. Uh, so I need to find a couple more. So, uh, what do you, yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of a sad thing. I have too much work. I'm not enough galleries. <laughs> yeah, well, that kind of leads to my next question. Yep. A lot of artists are finding that they can um, do really well online without gallery uh, representation. I, what do you think? I just sold two, I sold three, two off my website mm. and one on my own directly mm. from my gallery and my website. Mm. Um, but he actually knew my work. Yeah. And he lives in the Yeah, and that's what I so think. This I is mean, fun. When that happens, it is. that's like the ultimate, of course. But I still feel I like that people you. need to see that. Yeah. You know, that you know the brick store connection. thing is never going under. It, it can't. People need yeah. to go into a gallery and see it. And, I mean, this is a beautiful gallery here. Same yeah. with Todd over here. Yeah. And people need that, like coming out on a Friday opening night is always fun. People need the the social aspect as well as the nice yeah. presentation like this, right. which is why I built the studio, because my gallery, 
I was doing everything in there from stretching canvases to priming. And if yeah. someone came to look at paintings, yeah. there would be like stuff all over the floor. Right. So right. I said, I need to fix my body into a studio. Now yeah. the gallery is nice and clean. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so it worked. Yeah. It worked. <laughs> that, that's great. Um, so how do you, um, how do you keep up with your social media marketing? You do it all yourself. Uh, you? Yeah, I do it all myself. Oh, good. It's like, you know, just posting is pretty easy. Just yeah. Um, so what inspires you to paint? I mean, we know everything, we living, so everything. life, yeah, everything. I mean, you wake up in the morning, sun's rising. If the light doesn't make you excited. Yeah, the light, there we go. And life, just life. I mean, I see my grandchildren's faces and it's a painting. You know? yeah. Whatever it takes. <laughs> it's like I don't stop. It never shuts down. Yeah. So I don't sleep so good, you know, because it doesn't shut down. Yeah. I'll be going to sleep thinking about it. I need to change this painting. Oh, you do? So morning. I was going to ask that. Everybody does it. I mean, if really? you're so serious, you think I, about I changing can... paintings and when you go yeah, to sleep? You try to shut down <laughs> your head at night. I have many different techniques that okay. work. But really, it's hard to shut off. If you're working on something, I'll go out to my studio, and it's almost dark. Yeah. Everybody else is like, watch TV. My brother's in the room, like, watch TV. I'm like, I got to go look at this one more time. <laughs> so <laughs> like, this, this recently happened it to me. happens to everybody. Well, for the first time for me, <laughs> and I, I had gone and done a um, outdoor class here with uh, Chris Volpe a couple of weeks ago, and I hadn't even been to one of those classes in ages. Yeah. And I, we did this barn, and I got home, and I, I'm looking Kept at looking it, at and it. I'm like, right. I couldn't even figure out what was wrong with it, and it was so ridiculously silly. It was a perspective issue. <laughs> so I got out my brush, and it was like 11 o'clock at night, and I started and tweaking this thing. No, no, I didn't. Oh, I oh. fixed it at 3 a.m. because I still oh, couldn't sleep. Can't, can't it sleep still it. wasn't right. That's absolutely the way it goes. So what does that mean for me? For the future, is this a good thing? You're one of us. Oh no, I'm one of us. Oh my goodness, I don't know if that's a good thing. Oh my goodness, some people don't think it's good. Well, that goes for all art. Yeah, if you're a writer, a a musician, yeah, same thing becomes obsessive. What What do you do in your classes? Tell us a bit about where you like to take your students. Do you start with beginners? Do you? Yeah, I've taught everything. I taught for uh, 15 years in every adult education uh, in York High School, Kittery, mm-hmm. Wells, Agonquet School, Marshwood over in Elliott, mm-hmm. all those schools. Wow. And I had good students in all of them, great people, all of them. And yeah, I had everything from absolute beginners to people that did it in art school mm-hmm. when they were in their 20s and they want to pick it up again. So is it just oil so or do you teach I acrylic? taught oil and acrylic. Okay. Yeah. 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 But I found it limiting because the lighting situation, I couldn't work from life. I had yeah. to bring in photos or copy great master works. So I have them copy Homer or Sargent or whatever, you know. Wow. And they learned. But I told them the next level is to work outdoors. And it was like pulling teeth to get any of them to go outdoors. <laughs> so wow. when Todd offered this, it was a different, a different approach, and and he had a different group of students that were wanting to do that. So yeah. that was great. And then, you know, now a, a different those, age bracket. A different I think age bracket. <laughs> not, not no. I mean, I had the same age bracket. In the oh, okay. Ed, but the adult ed people um, were comfortable in the classroom. Mm-hmm. I didn't want. A, when I did try it, mm-hmm. and I did yeah. at York and Kerry, yeah, tried to get them out. There were issues with that, though. 
because you were now off the school grounds. Yeah, true. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. And I didn't ever want anything to happen, like someone gets hit by a car or something. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And then there was the issues of like 10 people following me to a location. And yeah. you showed up late. You're supposed to be here. That kind of thing. And I got tired of it. Yeah. It's too much. Yeah. So I just stayed in the classroom. Gotcha. But it, would, it, it laid the groundwork for my teaching as far as like knowing how to deal with all different levels of people mm-hmm. from beginning to people's so experience. So you do a lot of demos when you're yeah, teaching? Yeah, I used to demo in that class. And I changed the way I taught many different times because I always mm-hmm. evolve. Mm-hmm. It's just the way I am. Mm-hmm. Gemini. To meet the needs of a... Yeah, I see what is out there. Yeah. Like with this portrait group now. Mm-hmm. To me, this is what I did in New York oh. and it's great to do it again okay. and people should take advantage of that because I've always loved the portrait figure yeah. and to teach it the way I was taught I studied with one of the best in the country yeah David Lefebvre so yeah. I'm bringing that to back to into my memory as well you know the things that he taught me took a long time to absorb mm-hmm. but it's now clicking yeah because of the amount of time I put behind the easel Mm. The times I've slept my box out in the winter, like my idols, mm-hmm. Aldo Hibbert and Don Stone, who at the age of 80 went on a winter painting trip. And I just said, that's me. If I get to be 80, that's so, going to be me That too. leads to my next that's question. <laughs> yeah. Where do you see yourself going in five years? What are your I'll be doing the same thing. Current goals. I'm okay. not changing because okay. this doesn't stop. Mm-hmm. Paul Strzok, another great Rockwell painter, said, you know, you, in painting, you reach a mountain, get up the top. You look over and there's another one. And you're like, damn, I got to go climb that one too. Because it's the way it is. It doesn't stop until you, you're dead. Yeah. Don Stone had a favorite thing about, I don't know if it's true or not. He said, they got said, when it was deathbed, he says, thank God I don't have to wake up and paint tomorrow. I don't know if that's true, <laughs> but that's what he meant by that. It's like, it yeah. never stops. Yeah. And you never stop learning. Yeah. I'm as much a student as anyone. Yeah. As anyone. Yeah. The students that come to me, mm-hmm. I tell them all the time. I'm still learning too. Because mm-hmm. if a teacher tells you he's got all the answers, yeah. find another teacher. Because yeah. no agree. one has all the answers. Nobody. Yeah, not, I, I agree. It's not the way it is. So what, um, in your definition of success, what defines success for you as an artist? I don't know. I mean, I'm happy. I like what I do. I love what I do. Mm-hmm. So I get up in the day, I know I'm going to paint. That makes me happy. When mm-hmm. I sell something, that's like ice cream. <laughs> it's like wow I got paid to eat ice cream it's great yeah everyone I, I didn't make that <laughs> up paid a lot to of eat ice cream. I like that <laughs> well, I heard that from somebody yeah. but, but it's true it makes yeah. you feel real good when someone wants to take the painting home put it in their house yeah. and look at it you know so yeah that's great yeah so I um, um, I have sold paintings to people I've never met which yeah. to me was first. That's a thrill too. That was my first sign too. of maybe I'm an artist. Yeah. But here recently, I feel a little more honored when a friend or family member actually wants to plunk down some money for a painting. That's good too. Yeah. When it happens. <laughs> well, it's all good, I think. <laughs> when it happens. My but, father's side of the family is great about that. My mother's side, eh. <laughs> men's and men's, if you're listening. <laughs> oh, they will they listen. Know what that means. They'll find it. I don't know that one. That's it means, yeah, so so. So so. so, so. Okay. <laughs> ah. I know all the Sicilian swear words too, but I won't. Yeah, right. So. My <laughs> <laughs> grandmother taught me most of them. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, what's your, 
What are your challenges? Do you have any challenges at all in, in painting yeah. and what you're doing? Just keep understanding. Just keep learning. That is the challenge. I mean, mm -hmm. every time you pick up the brush, that should be the challenge. I mean, you're always trying to find answers. Mm -hmm. And it's such a beautiful discipline because sometimes you feel like it's right around the corner, mm -hmm. but then sometimes you work and you go, ah, oh, I finally got this. Then the next painting is like, oh, man. It's like, that's yeah. how it goes. That's yeah. just how it goes. So I don't think there's anything quite like it. I mean, uh, I always compare it to martial arts was like that. Training, training, discipline. And painting is discipline too. Yeah. So the people that stay with it, it's rewarding. Yeah. Did Did you ever in your life um, have like a time where you just quit because you took maybe I mean quit maybe a week, a month, a, a year? Nah, just never. Never. No. Wow. It's like I go on a trip, and groupie said this too. Somebody said, "Well, just go on the trip and relax." This is why I bother to golf. I can't take my paints. That's how I feel too. It's like. <laughs> what? Why am I going there? Uh -huh. you know, my ex-wife, that's uh -huh. why she is that way. <laughs> she, she would say, don't bring the paint. Just, let's go. I say, no, because I know it's going to be good up there. Yeah, and yeah. finally, she understood and yeah. took me to a place like Oxford County okay. and went all around Norway and Paris and all that. Man, wow. it's beautiful scenery. And you took your paint. Of course. Wow. And took multiple photos, but the photos never do it. I get them yeah. home and I look at them and I go, I don't feel what I felt out there. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and did you try, though, to capture what you felt from the image? I mean... Uh, sometimes, but it's, it's if I can do even a little study, mm -hmm. yeah. then it's On in location. here. Yeah. yeah. Because I've recorded the yeah. notes. Yeah. Like my favorite place in North Borough is the Johnson Farm. I got permission to paint it. It's a deserted farm. 35 uh -huh. years, no one lived there. Wow. I go there, so peaceful. Yeah. And I can soak it up and I can study all the architectural as well as the landscape. Mm -hmm. To me, it's very, it's very wide out there. It's great. Mm -hmm. So it's like my uh, Olsen house or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's great. And every artist I've taken is like flipped out. <laughs> just go, whoa. Like, yeah, it's mine. Stay out here. <laughs> but yeah. no, I take people out there all the time. So tell me a little bit, because I'm about to become. Uh, it's and like the best thing in the world. Yeah, I know you're so proud. I mean, of first of all, I would say that I'm so proud of both my daughters. They're yeah. incredible. Yeah. And they're 27, 26. Mm -hmm. and my daughter graduating from vet school, 26, out in Iowa University. She's incredible. My other daughter, 27, the two babies. Those yeah. are her babies. And those grandchildren, yeah, they light me up as soon as I see them. Yeah. They call yeah. me Papa, which yeah, is what I call my Sicilian it. grandfather, yeah. Papa. Mm -hmm. So when my little grandson says Papa, mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and every time I go there, it's what he does. And he wants to draw. And he wants to paint. I know, I and mommy's that. good. My daughter, Devin, yeah. and my daughter, Nicole, are the two best students I will ever have. Really? So No you, one can beat them wow. as far as their drawing ability. Wow. So how, how old were they when you started teaching them? I didn't really even have to teach them. You didn't them. teach them. I just said, they just did you it feel like drawing? Doing it. I took the cardboard and I said, here's some acrylics. Oh, go get them. Man. And now Devin's doing the same thing with the wow. little grandson. Yeah. Takes some markers. Wow. And we both sit there and go, go ahead, Grayson, make some marks. And oh, he just does. That's awesome. But when he wants a boat or a whale, mommy and me <laughs> sit there, draw him a whale oh, with the spout, you know? Wow. And we both outdo each other. So you're going to have a big museum, a family be, museum someday. Uh, she said to me, she said to me, you need to put an easel for Grayson. I said, what about Rhiannon? <laughs> 
She's only one, but she's not going to stay Finger one. Pains, right. Yeah. right. Uh, so, yeah, I love having grandchildren. It's incredible. Yeah. It's great. So, um, if you could spend the day with any living painter, is there any living painter you would, what would you do? What I already you did. You already did? <laughs> I already did. Don Stone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Paul Strzik. Yeah. Ted Gershner. Um, John Tarallac. John Tarallac was terrific teacher. Yeah. Uh, much of the way I teach came from him. And anyone that know that study with John knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. I got friends all over the country that were in the Glasgow Academy of Fine Arts, went on to have a good career. They know how important John was to us, yeah. opened our eyes up. Yeah. And of course, everybody I studied with at the league, incredible. Mm-hmm. I used to go in on Saturday to study with Gustav Rayberger. Don't know if he's still alive, but I also studied with Robert Beverly Hale. Mm-hmm. And like I mentioned, LaFell. So, yeah. all right. These, when you come across teachers like that, they leave an impact. And that's what I try to do. Yeah. I try to make people see how much fun it is. Yeah. Well, I have I have to say, because I've, I've unfortunately only done one class with you, which to my... Yeah, but that was fun, right? It, no, it is yeah. so fun yeah. because you're like this endless volcano of knowledge and right. talking while you're doing the demo. Because right. it just comes out of me. Yeah. And it's really cool. And I, I unfortunately, I say unfortunate because it just doesn't sync with my schedule yeah. to get up to North Borough. But um, yeah. the class that you're doing Seems here... Seems to be the problem of Tell, tell us what you're doing here with Todd um, coming up with Todd. Todd, Benita yeah, I'm doing uh, outdoors. Uh, I got the golden hour because that's my favorite. And uh, and that's just anywhere? Or is it the same location? No, every week, I mixed or? it up a lot. Like okay. I took people to uh, Fort McClary, yeah. Hamilton House, uh, Wells Beach, Wells Harbor, Cape Porpoise. Is it a two all or my three hour class? Spots, all my favorite spots. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's three, isn't it? Three, three hours? And, a half, close to and three it's what, and like half. six weeks every Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday night's sunset hour. Okay. We, we made a mistake last year starting too early. Oh. It was a 95 degree day. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that? Waiting for the sun to set. Yeah, waiting for the sun to set. Wow. And when it got good is when we were sitting in a restaurant and the sunset came. Out. I was like, <laughs> got the shift wrong. Got to tell Todd, switch it up. Oh. So, yeah, we got it right So, this year. I know, but to me, I mean, you're a speed painter and I'm, I'm not. So that would be really intimidating. How do you teach your students to, okay, ready, set, go, uh, well, now's the well, second. Well, it's like. Um, do you set up and yeah, kind of get set ready? Up, like by the time I'm doing a demo time. in the early part of the evening, it's just like setting up for when the light's going to get better. Yeah, that's okay. why the I like the sunset hour better because like the light continues to get better. Mm-hmm. Teaching in the morning, the light flattens out. By yeah. noon, it's straight up flat. And most of my painter friends and I have lunch. We don't paint. Yeah. 12 to 1. The light's boring. It's flat. Siesta. Yeah. So, and I like the mornings to myself. So I work in my studio and do what I need to do on the website or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then in the afternoon, I get geared up because, you know, sunset is the most beautiful time. And in the summer, the light is longer. Yeah. So it doesn't stop me in the winter. If anyone knows, yeah. I go out in the winter too. <laughs> yes. All yes. the time. So, <laughs> yeah. But no one. <laughs> I like yeah it's a lone existence but uh i like that too well i guess my question like is like too. if i take this class yeah. how are you going to help me capture that when i'm a slow yeah you got to prepare and you, you know you do your drawing and your values and you think about it and sometimes you get overcast do you go back to the same location it. 
Well, if that depends. Can, yeah, uh, okay. if, if let's say the group really likes this one spot yeah. and the weather goes south on us, yeah. like say a shower pops up or something, okay. then I might say, okay, let's come back here the next week because this is yeah. a great spot. Okay. But for the most part, I changed it last summer each time just to make it more interesting. And I also had good weather. So most of the time the weather was good. Right. But uh, yeah, we did have a rain out here once, but we came in here. Then I remember then the light I was, came out. The I was here out. that night. Yeah. yeah, you were, yeah. yeah. So the, when, it, when it cleared up, I said, back on the street. Yeah. This is boring up here. Yeah. I want to paint from photo to get back out on the street. And I loved it. The light came yeah. out over the yeah, times. Yeah, it was and it gorgeous. Was beautiful. Yeah, it was. So that's what it's about. If I can't stress anything, that's the most important thing. Well, that's what I was just going to say. What's Word the best life. advice you have for? Where from life. Oh, that's okay. Draw your family. Mm-hmm. Draw your grandchildren. Whatever. They don't sit still too much. No. Right? And I have to use photo reference on that. So they get a little <laughs> bit bigger. Then they sit in a chair and I give them. <laughs> to entice them. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's nice. <laughs> but yeah, working from life, that's my best advice for everybody. Yeah. Much as possible. Well, wonderful. Thank you for being on the show. And I'm Pleasure. sure we'll have you on again down the road. You can handle it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Bye bye. If you found inspiration from today's show, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast and share it with a friend or two on social media. Also, take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes or share your takeaways from today's show on artistsofnewengland.com under today's episode. And while you're there, you'll find links to the topics mentioned in today's show. And don't forget to peruse the growing library of podcasts and resources. Thanks for listening. You got beauty to share with the world that no other human has. So get in the ring and pick up that brush.